timeouts were also a large part of to take a timeout. Welcome into episode 46 of Out of Timeouts. Today on the podcast, we bring back Caleb Carter. And by bring back, I mean he missed one whole episode. So the co-host returns, and he will give you an update on his new life in DeKalb, Illinois at the DeKalb Daily Chronicle. That will be up here first. But before we get to that, I'll just quickly touch on what we're going to get to afterwards. We'll have some Pride of Iowa basketball update, Creston basketball update, Swick basketball update, wrestling update, and then we'll go over the athletes of the week for week one. So without further ado, here is Caleb Carter. And joining me this week for the podcast is Caleb Carter. It's almost like you were on the podcast for 44, now 45 episodes. Caleb, how you doing? I'm good, and I am not a guest. This is my home. This, this is also <laughs> my house of a podcast. Uh, I'm just in a scenic coffee shop in DeKalb, Illinois, so if you hear any background noise, nothing should be too loud. It's a rather quiet place, but so if you hear anything like a random machine noises, that's what that is. You mean it's not as you mean you don't want to tape this in your living room or in my living room? You didn't want to drive all the way back out here to do no. that. No, um, I've done enough driving as it is already following the NIU football team. <laughs> yeah, we can hop right into your your experiences so far. I'm sure the people are interested to hear what you've had going on. Uh, any anything that that quickly jumps out at you so far of uh, things you've done that have uh, stood out the most? Um, well, the the biggest thing so far is going to. Detroit, Michigan, um, covering the MAC championship game on a five-hour drive and uh, watching NIU come from, they were down, uh, let's see, 19 points late in the third quarter and made a comeback. They scored in the last second, the final seconds of the third quarter, uh, scored a couple more touchdowns in the fourth quarter to beat Buffalo, a favored Buffalo team, and and NIU was coming off of two straight losses to end the season with a lot of question marks, so that was really cool to get to follow. It was a a drive I'm not really particularly used to making. Um, I had driven to Kalamazoo for an NIU game against Western Michigan to end the regular season, but it was a really cool experience. Um, I, I uh, just long story short, I also got to drive or fly to. Or, I'm sorry, no, yeah, I, I flew to Akron to watch NIU play at Akron, and I will fly to Boca Raton, Florida, uh, next Tuesday, December the 18th, to watch NIU play uh, UAB football in the Boca Raton Bowl. I'm sure you'd rather fly to Akron than Boca Raton, right? Uh, no, no, I've seen it. I've seen Akron before. It's not as it's not as a exotic and exciting place, I suppose. <laughs> it's a big football stadium for not a lot of people that care about football. It is. It's a really nice stadium and a really nice press box. And I will give the Zips some credit. They had the best uh, football game food spread of any place I've been to so far. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I guess the perk of covering college athletics is uh, there's media food. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't usually eat a lot of it. So, like surprised, but people who know me would probably be surprised by this fact. Uh, I don't eat that much food in the press box, um, but I have taken advantage of some late night coffee and hot dogs, which is not the best combination. Stuffing your face with uh, bratwursts and coffee at ten o'clock at night. So. There's that. I'm sure it beats the uh, Ohio media food of just what was it? Papa John's? Was it just pizza? Hey man, I was grateful for the pizza and pop when it came to Ohio University. Uh, I I do remember ribbing uh, the SID folks at Ohio and Mike Ashcraft. Like, man, you got to get us some more pizza. Like, there's got to be there's got to be more than just what you're giving us. It's not like you know you're required to give us this free luxurious luxurious food in situation. But 
kind of man i kind of miss those days so simple yeah really so simple really uh, <laughs> well i mean next we had next thing we had on the rundown was uh talking about covering niu on the road but it looks like you kind of got that out of the way first as far as you know high school sports go uh what's been your your experience covering those is it pretty similar uh, in some ways um the big di- so there's not like a, i'm trying to think of the differences i mean we cover seven local high schools and uh uh, five of them have football programs, and a couple of them have wrestling. Half of them don't. Um, just like it's like the four foot four of the programs have wrestling, and the rest are like they're like Murray in the sense that they have, have asked their winter athletes to focus on basketball, basically. Um, some more of them have soccer here, for example, which is in the uh, uh, fall instead of the spring. I got here, and it was immediately the end of the regular season. I got to cover some playoff football for a couple consecutive weeks, and. As far as size wise, like uh, the Cowb High School is easily our biggest coverage area school. It's a lot bigger than anything in the Creston area as far as uh, school population wise. And then some other smaller schools that are probably like the size of Lenox and uh, maybe the size of Nottoway Valley. And um, let's see. Uh, yeah, those are probably the, best, the biggest comparisons. Like bigger POI schools and some even some smaller POI size schools. And even some two schools that are like bluegrass high schools. And I, I know you are without the benefit of quick stats. Yeah, that's frustrating. Um, you uh, really got to make sure that you are um, trying your best to follow up with the coaches to make sure you're getting stats, which isn't like a foreign concept to reporters and sports guys in general. But that being said, um, it's uh, a lot. Some coaches don't post stats even because they don't want other teams to be able to scout them up beforehand and know who to guard and know who to go off against like i've had two basketball coaches already tell me eh, i mean i'll give you stats but uh i don't want to share it on like twitter and stuff like that and just like oh dang um so in that sense uh yeah it's interesting um like there's there's winter gymnastics for example is a uh, heavy like uh, winter swimming fall and winter swimming is uh competed in pretty heavily like even there's actually like dekalb has like a badminton club i mean i haven't seen them yet but it's a it's a club sport and they actually travel for it too it's one of like the lone like varsity badminton teams in the state so uh DeKalb certainly has a lot more in the way of uh, overall like just m- amount of athletics and you see a lot more kids uh specializing at DeKalb because of the school size um but otherwise there's there's plenty of smaller area schools that i cover the size of like i said some of those other schools we covered in creston what's been your experience have you have you had a chance to cover some of those uh newer sports that you didn't didn't cover out here in iowa such as swimming and i mean badminton has me all sorts of intrigued because i went to a giant (laughs) high school and we didn't even have a varsity badminton team no and uh i did not i have not covered badminton i have not seen swimming yet uh typically i've been stuck on the traditional stuff of basketball so far this winter um i will get to see my first this is a it's a thursday and i will get to see my first um wrestling duel um out here and with a DeKalb High School, who's actually one of the better like programs in this part of the state, so that should be interesting. They've got um, an Illinois commit uh, for wrestling who was a state champion last year. They've got a North Carolina commit who um, was third place in the state last year, uh, and they've got like a freshman class that won like five AAU championships or some crazy stuff at a at a competition in Fargo, North Dakota that uh, Creston people are probably familiar with because some Crested athletes have gone up there, including. Chase Schiltz to great success up there in Fargo. So um, excited to see what, what wrestling presents here. But I'm still just I'm still just getting used to the people. Still even meeting the athletic directors at the places I'm going to. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure it's a nice overall uh, change of pace from from what you're 
doing here and uh, being able to cut down from, well, I guess, I don't know if it's, would you really consider it a, a cut down going from, what, 12 high schools to seven, but then also picking up uh, NIU in the process? I mean, the I spend a lot more of my time of, on NIU than I did at SWIC uh, when I was in Creston. Um, SWIC was a, I mean, even when we're on the beat, it's a couple hours a week commitment. Um, out here, it's probably a good uh, 15 to 20 hours of my week every week, probably would be my guess, in a 37-hour work week. And uh, I help out with like rounding up sports, area high school sports, and I go to some events here and there, and it's not like I am staying away from them, but I am expected to be um, going to practices at times for NIU and uh, trying to write features. I, for Just for example, for, for next Monday, I'm going to have uh, three features a uh, two previews, one that's going into a newsletter, and a like a keys to the bowling to the bowl game, and that's in the midst of also covering uh, two high school events this week, and also uh, basically just plowing through the week, and then I actually get a weekend where I don't work, which is like an unfamiliar concept. <laughs> just gonna hang out with the libs. Just hang out with the, with the brat cat, um, I guess. I keep telling myself I'm going to go find something to do. Um, it's expensive to travel in northern Illinois because there are tolls everywhere. Um, they make up for the ridiculously expensive highway uh, highway systems that they've put in place by uh, taxing the crap out of people. And uh, that's budgetary constraints have been a problem in Illinois for years. They had a, an ongoing like two-and-a-half-year budget impasse where basically they just couldn't figure out a dang budget. And so there's a lot of things. If people have heard about the way that the bureaucracy is a mess in Illinois, I kind of already see it. I have to imagine that the uh, the tolls that Illinois uses are just to pay for the Iowa high school athletic football playoffs and stuff that we don't get to see out here on TV. <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's actually so that they can get the games on uh, CB or NBC Chicago. Actually, um, that's that's the it fee. was part of the contract um, negotiations. It's a great negotiation. <laughs> no, Ugh. I don't. I don't even like to think about that. I had to think about that because uh, there was a couple weeks ago where I could have watched um, Iowa state playoffs where I couldn't in Creston while I'm living in DeKalb, Illinois. This was literally the case. It's not. <laughs> it's that's so dumb. All right, not getting into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't even know where I want to transition into next off of that. Um, I guess you, you know uh, you've obviously had had some time to to adjust and written some some cool stories. I've got a chance to read anything in particular you think that uh, people around here would be interested in in checking out. Oh gosh, um, I know that wasn't on the rundown. Let's see the nothing is really like peculiar to. Um, or particular to like Western Iowa folks, I'm trying to think. Um, I've written a story about a guy who, uh, a linebacker for NIU, who was like a big leader on the defense this year. And last year, he uh, got suspended for like an eye gouging incident. That was kind of interesting to write. And he um, needs just like how much he's matured in the time since then to become a defensive leader. Um, I've gotten, I had to kind of report breaking news on the uh, on the contract extension for the athletic director. Um, wasn't particularly exciting, but it's just like one of the things you have to really be on top on here. Um, I wrote a feature about a Grey Cup winning football player from NIU, and the Grey Cup being the Canadian Football League championship, and a former NIU player uh, was on that championship winning team a few weeks ago, and that was cool to talk to him. 
and uh, so not so much anything that would be like particularly interesting, I think, to Western Iowa folks, Southwest Iowa folks, or in general, but plenty of stuff that if you like D1 athletics and you like reading about college athletics, there's there's stuff I've put on my Twitter I'm sure people would be interested in reading about. And speaking of, uh, you know, Western Western Iowa connections, it sounds like you've run into some, some random ties there. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting that I can try to explain to people here where I'm from in Ohio, and people don't know what I'm talking about unless I say Cincinnati or, uh, like, Columbus or put it in, rel- in relation to that. But um, I can talk about Western Iowa, and people are just like, oh, yeah, I've been through Creston before. I know about that. It's like, I guess 34 must just be the route through the heart of uh, the, of the dang state because people have been to Creston. Just for example, um, the NIU women's basketball coach is a Harlan and Northwest Missouri State graduate. And so when I brought up Creston, she's like, oh, yeah, we played them when I was in high school. I was like, wait, 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 what? Where'd you, where'd you go to school? And she's like, oh, yeah, I was Harlan. I, I was a Harlan Cyclone. I'm like, no crap. Like, that's just, that's okay. That's interesting. And um, another, a couple weeks ago, I was trying to find information for a story, and I ended up talking to a communications guy at NIU. And, and he goes, oh, you'll find this interesting. I work for Shaw Media, which is the company that owns the, the News Advertiser, the Sentinel Tribune, the Observer, and the Free Press. And... He's just like, oh yeah, I worked for Shaw Media for a time. Actually, back a couple of years, like a few, like quite a while back, uh, Shaw Media asked me to go to Creston for like a couple of weeks to basically control the paper and then like go back to Illinois. And that guy's name's uh, Joseph King. So if anybody from Creston remembers Joseph King, I don't know how long ago it was because he didn't have an exact year for me, but he just ended up in Southwest Iowa for uh, I think yeah, I think literally two to three weeks to run the paper. Um, so that's been interesting. And then elsewise, I've, like I, uh, I found out one of the defensive line, the defensive line coach for NIU, like coached my cousin at Eastern Kentucky for a season, um, was on that coaching staff. So it's just a bunch of like little small things like that. And other people telling me like, Oh, I know about Creston or, Oh, I know about here and there, here and there. Um, just one more example, like, uh, one of NIU's tight ends is from council bluffs, uh, Mitchell Brinkman. Um, was a really good athlete uh, at Lewis Central High School, and now he's gotten pretty involved in the passing game. In the MAC championship game, he had two uh, catches for like 30-something yards, and uh, he'll have one more year, and he'll probably factor even into the offense even bigger next year. Um, so, yeah, plenty of small little connections here and there. Yeah, it sounds almost like the little, like where you were like, wow, the world's a little bit smaller than I thought it was, and then you realize how long it takes to drive everywhere, and you're like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, because driving to Detroit uh, across all of Southern Michigan, you you hit a you hit a stretch in Southern Michigan uh, where you start going across it, and then you go all the way to Indiana. And over that stretch, it's like two hundred and forty miles of straight highway or something like that. And uh, no, thank you. It, it was bad. Better have something uh, something good to listen to, or like the Out of Timeouts podcast. I don't know. Oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. You should listen to that. <laughs> well, Caleb, I think it's only fitting if you uh, c- come back on and do a WWE wrestling update. Uh, so, oh gosh. Um, here you go. Here's your, your one minute. And truth be told, you can have more than one minute since it's been a while. But uh, fire away with what you got. Oh God, Carter, why do you always put it on the spot? Uh, so, what's coming up, um, I don't know if people have been like paying attention. People who have paid attention probably know that Raw has been, like, really bad for, like, weeks now, and it's getting all-time worse ratings. Like, it's legit 
not like an exaggeration, the worst ratings Raw has ever gotten for like two consecutive weeks, which is like a 2.1 or whatever, like million, which, you know, sounds like a lot, but for Raw, it's terrible. And they're basically acknowledging it in storylines by like on the TV, on on air, saying, you know, Raw, we've been, like the company, the, the show has been terrible the last couple of weeks, and they're chalking it up to a storyline about how bad the general manager is and trying to make him the fall guy, which makes it interesting. Um, but as far as tables, ladders, and chairs, the pay-per-view coming up, um, there's some, some cooler matches coming up, but the uh, ones I'm mostly excited for are Oscar, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch in a triple threat match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, I am not particularly invested in much else that happens. Uh, Daniel Bryan's heel turn to be like a weird, like, <laughs> his, his heel turn has been like a... I'm a vegan, anti-materialist, opposite of corporate person, and he's supposed to be like the hated guy for that. And <laughs> I don't know. It just Vince's bias is showing, and that's kind of funny. Um, and then Finn Balor and Drew McIntyre will probably uh, bring down the house, even though it's not for a championship of any sort. Otherwise, um, I don't know if there's anything really I'm that excited for. I was just mostly excited for Oscar, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, so I will leave it at that. Sounds like uh, <laughs> I think it's it's always funny when, especially in, in a show with that kind of style, that they've just they've seen the ratings and they're just like, yeah, let's actually have this play into the storyline and uh, blame somebody for it. Yeah, and it's just like uh, Baron Corbin's the general manager. He took over for Kurt Angle, and Kurt Angle's the name that people who don't know wrestling will probably still recognize. Um, when Corbin took over, it's his his character's probably better than his character was as a wrestler. Don't tell Scott, because Scott will hate me for that. Um, but, but yeah, they're like they're legitimately being like, since Baron took over, uh, Raw's been tanking, and you're like, we, you, you better write the ship, and uh, the authority characters in the show are like basically like chastising him and berating him for how bad the show's been, and like openly admitting how bad everything has been, which is ridiculous, because SmackDown is about as good as it has ever been on, at the same time. So, go figure. Well, any out-of-timeouts listener should know who Kurt Angle is because they obviously listened to the episode with Pat Schlapia. So, <laughs> that, that that one should be settled. That was, that was fun. That was fun <laughs> to hear his experience. I miss Pat. Tell Pat I said hi. There's a lot of people I miss already. I'll okay. just I'll just tag him in the, the post when I, when I tweet this out. There you go. <laughs> well, Caleb, uh, like you said, you're not joining the podcast. It is your podcast. So, uh, yeah. thanks for, thanks for coming on, I guess. <laughs> oh, you'll, you'll hear from me again. I guarantee it. Is that a threat? I think it's a threat. Um, it might be <laughs> quid quid pro quo yes that yes don't worry don't worry Kayla will be back soon that we can pretty much guarantee but let's hop right into some of the Creston area sports the Creston boys basketball team has gone one and one since we last checked in here on out of timeouts with a close win over Atlantic 60 to 57 on December 7th and then falling to Harlan earlier this week 63-55 in a game they pretty much just let slip away from them late just couldn't quite get it done as Harlan took over on the offensive end and Creston's defense 
kind of faltered towards the end. Kylan Smallwood had 13 points and 14 rebounds. Brant Baker finished with 22 points for the Creston boys. On to the Creston girls. Two more wins for the Panther girls. A big win over Atlantic by 17. And then, uh, not the prettiest game, but another win over Harlan, 47-38. You saw the three Key scores once again being Kelsey Fields, Brielle Baker, and Sam Dumphy. Fields with 18, Baker with 15, and Dumphy with 10. Kelsey Fields had 20 rebounds in that game, eight offensive boards, as Creston was just kind of able to wear away at the Cyclones and get things done there. Into the Pride of Iowa, yes, kind of keeping things a little brief this week, but not to worry. I'll be back with more depth next week. Mount Air still winning after a big win over Southeast Warren. 75-18 last Friday. They will host Wayne tonight, uh, tonight being Friday. Nottoway Valley still finding ways to get things done, beating Wayne 70-21 and then convincingly taking down Bedford 69-45, a Bedford team that was thought to contend in the top of Pri- the Pride of Iowa, and not to say they can't after this, but uh, Nottoway Valley with a convincing 69-45 win over Bedford. Errol Schantz with 22 points. Clay Hoharts with 11 points and 12 boards along with 8 assists. Stuff in the stat sheet. And then Brady Hillpiper with 18 on 5 of 10 shooting from beyond the arc. Elsewhere in the POI, Central Decatur picks up 2 wins at Lenox and then at home against Southeast Warren. Southwest Valley finds a way to get a win topping Lenox 54-36 to falling to Martinsdale earlier in the week, as well as Clarenda, uh, a very good Martinsdale-St. Mary's team that I will see tonight against Nottoway Valley. Uh, This podcast should be coming out just before tip-off for these Friday night games. East Union and Lenox still trying to put the pieces together. Lenox almost had a comeback win against Murray yesterday, but that fourth quarter kind of ran out of gas, falling 52-38. to Murray holding off the Tigers with... Nice performances once again from the likes of Reese Held, Devin Slaughter, and Jace Rodecker. Held with 13, Rodecker and Slaughter with 12 apiece, and they were just able to get things done. Despite Lennox getting pretty hot from beyond the three-point line, they hit seven triples in that game. Over into the Bluegrass, where Diagonal boys fall to Moravia, 63-55. Cape Clomhouse still getting a big double-double there with 25-17. and and then this past Tuesday, falling to Melcher Dallas, uh, despite three players in double figures, Cade Clavos with another big double-double, 17 points, 17 boards. On to the girls' pride of Iowa side, where Nottoway Valley continues to win, topping Wayne and Bedford, both very convincingly. It's been that Nottoway Valley girls' defense that has done a lot of damage. The most points they've given up this season so far is just is 60, but in every other game, it's been held below 35. They've got a tough opponent in Martinsdale-St. Mary's tonight, also of whom is coming in undefeated this season. They are 8-0. Nottoway Valley is 6-0. That should be a fun one tonight. Central Decatur, also 5-0 with wins over Lennox and Southeast Warren since we last talked. Southwest Valley continues to trade off, falling to, like I said, an undefeated Martinsdale-St. Mary's team last Friday, 51-46 in a tight one. Gentry Schaefer and Kaylee Myers leading the way there with 15 and 14 points, respectively, and then turning around and beating Lennox on Tuesday, 56-42. Morgan Shuey drops 23 points. Riley Jacobs has 12 off the bench, and Mazzy Hummel added 10 for the Timberwolves. Elsewhere, Mount Air on 
the right track with two wins. We probably talked about one of them last week over Lennox, the next being a 17-point victory over Southeast Warren, in which Maddie Stewart, a freshman, drops 19 points off the bench, gets herself a Player of the Week nomination. Uh, winners to be announced on Monday on the News Advertiser, but she was up in the poll. Sam Stewart with 15, and then Gracie Mobley with 10 rebounds for the Raiderettes, who will take on a 4-4 and Wayne team tonight. Uh, excuse me, a 4-5 and Wayne team tonight as well. The Lennox girls pick up a big win over Murray in a in comeback fashion, trailing by as many as 12 points early in the third quarter. They got hot from beyond the arc and knocked down seven three-pointers on the night. TJ Stokes, Brooke Miller, Morgan Parrish all getting involved there. Stokes with 18, Brooke Miller with 11, all of which coming in the second half. Most of those three-pointers also came in the second half and uh, 38 points in the final two quarters, led Lennox past Murray 54-42. to 42. Uh, Quite the defensive performance for, that, for them. A lot of full-court press forcing Lady Mustang turnovers that allowed Lennox to come back and get a nice win on that end. East Union still looking for their first win, still trying to get some offense going. They host Lennox tonight in Afton. Over to the Bluegrass, where Diagonal Girls picked up a win over Moravia late last week. They will host Lumoni tonight for homecoming. The news advertisers, Tyler Hitu, will be out there for that one. On to wrestling, where a lot of area teams have done a lot of impressive things to start the year. Nottoway Valley had just seven wrestlers last year. They have 17 this year, and a few in the lower weight classes that have got off to blistering starts. Elliot Cooney has done some fantastic things to start things off here for them, as well as Ben Brahini at 113. They picked up two big dual wins last week in Greenfield over Martinsdale St. Mary's 36-34 and over Pleasantville 42 40. A number of area wrestlers dominated the Linux Invitational this past Saturday. Once again, Elliot Cooney and Ben Brahini finding their way to the first place podium at 106 and 113. Cole Wimber for East Union picking up a decision win to take the gold in Linux at 120. Moving on up, Tegan Lundquist picks up his 100th career win, and then later in the day, Tech Falls Mitch Lutz from Trainer to take first place at 138 pounds. Sherman Hayes, another gold medal winner for East Union at 145. Drew Ventiker didn't mess around pinning West Central Valley's Cole Sackett in 3 minutes and 8 seconds at 160 to win there. Trevor Fletchery for Nottoway Valley, a major decision win over his opponent, taking first at 170. Bedford Lennox's Chance Strau also taking a 7-1 decision over Zach Custard of West Central Valley to wrap up the Lennox Invitational there. Bedford Lennox picks up two golds in Strau and Ventiger, eight of the 14 weight classes won by area wrestlers. Creston Wrestling went up to Glenwood on Tuesday and took two of their three duels, beating Glenwood and Trainer in convincing fashion before falling to Underwood. Head coach Cody Downing thought they wrestled pretty well against the Glenwood and Trainer to start things off. He said Underwood kind of caught him a little off guard, but an Underwood team that he thinks is pretty solid. Jackson Kinsella, Sam Chapman, and Andy Weiss all going 3-0 on the day in their respective weight classes. Tristan Barncastle, Caden Bolton, Bo Thompson, Garen Worcester, and Brayton Chestnut started 2-0 before falling in their matches against the Underwood Eagles. It's a Crescent OM wrestling team that Downing thinks it's just a matter of time. Once they get past this Christmas break, thinks they'll be a much better, much more conditioned team. And when he thinks that can compete much better with the, some of the opponents they've seen 
already this year. Athlete of the Week winners for Week 1. We talked about Cabe Klomhaus earlier, a junior for Diagonal Boys Basketball. He had 51 points, 26 rebounds, 8 steals, and 5 assists in 3 games. He took 34% of the online polling. Morgan Shuey ran away with the girls' basketball poll in 3 games. She had 36 points, 10 assists, 9 steals, and 2 rebounds. Also signed a letter of intent to play basketball in Rhode Island next season. Trey Elin and Elliot Cooney tied for Wrestling Athlete of the Week. It's the first tie in the Crescent News Advertiser Athlete of the Week polls history. Uh, Elin goes 6-0 with three pins, taking first place at the Coach Riley Invitational at 126. Cooney 7-0, two pins, and also a first place win at 106 at the Coach Riley Invitational. Laura Weiss for Crescent Owen Bowling grabs the honors there with 42% of the poll. She had team highs of 341 and 326 in their two meets from a little over a week ago. On to Swick Basketball, where the men have now lost three in a row following a big win over Iowa Western. Uh, you know, schedule's a little shaky to start things off this season. The road, road games have been... Uh, Definitely dicey for the Spartans. Haven't looked super convincing and then came home and just thumped a very good Division One Iowa Western team. And since then they've been in a little bit of a funk falling on the road in their first falling on the road in their first conference matchup of the year by 15 to DMAC, losing at home to Nyack, their first home loss of the season, in which they gave up a hundred and four points. Uh, haven't done that yet this year, and then losing on the road to Indian Hills, 94-83, in a game that uh, head coach Blake Peterson thought was their most convincing road performance, but one that just couldn't get the job done against a ranked D1 foe. Doesn't get any easier this weekend against Johnson County and Highland Community College, as they are both ranked in the Division Two polls, Johnson County being number 12, Highland being number 2, and then they will go into break after that. A very good test for the Spartans to wrap up the first half of the season one that should either give them some confidence going into the break or you know a lot of things to work on I think regardless they know they've got some work to do there on to the women's side of things they also have had a tough stretch over the last two games facing two ranked opponents in D2 falling to Nyack and Highland the Highland team they cut that lead to six with three minutes left to go in the game but Highland was just able to hold on. A uh, Definitely a moral victory for head coach Brian Austin. Uh, another loss in conference by five to DMAC on the road, 81-76. So the Swick women's team sits at 6-7 and seven right now with a home contest against Southeast tomorrow at 1 p.m., trying to go into the break at 500. I know the roundup there was a little quick, but next week we will try to get a more in-depth look at that. Oh, hey, Kayla's back for the outro. <laughs> Alright, well that's going to do it for episode 46. That was Caleb Carter. You can check his workout at the DeKalb Chronicle and online and on Twitter. I'm sure most of you still follow him on Twitter. And if you don't, well, that was a mistake in the first place. But thanks again, Duh. Caleb, for joining us. I, I still don't know how to phrase that. And uh, that'll do it. See you guys later. Deuces. Timeouts. Timeouts were also a large part. I have to take a time out. <laughs>